0: What's going on, Camcast. Sorry, it's been a couple of weeks since I've done anything. Definitely been a, a while since I've done an actual episode of the podcast. Um, but this week I got a good topic for you guys. Uh, before we get into that, I want to say thank you to everybody that's been subscribing, everyone that's been listening to me, dropping a like down below, or you know commenting on any of the platforms that we have. And of course, the normal way to get in contact with the show is going to be on my Instagram feed. That's at Camcast. That's K A M C A S T. I just always spell it out now. I don't really know why, but it's just something that I enjoy doing because I think it ticks off a couple of my friends. So I, I will continue doing it from now on, and I just think it's something that I always need to do. Um, but yeah, it's been a little bit and the last video that I did was actually my Pixar uh, film uh, ranking basically where I gave you every single Pixar film that I've seen, even the two that I haven't seen and I rated them. That over, went over really well with all of you guys. I got a lot of positive responses. I got a lot of people giving me their list of what they thought. People give me their top threes and that's what I want. I want those conversations to be had. Those are some fun things. And uh, on the Instagram also, I think it was last week, I did a bunch of just just a bunch of polls uh pause (laughs) just just a bunch of polls um i had all types of you know polls about me about cam and uh you know i i talked everything about like what my favorite movies are favorite franchises you know what my favorite uh who my harry potter house is all kinds of stuff so i thought that went over pretty well Um, Got a lot of engagement from that. So if that's something that you guys want me to do moving forward, I'll have no problem doing that. Um, Those type of things are actually a lot of fun for me as I like to engage with everybody who's listening to me. And, uh, you know, those are, like I said, those are just a great, it's a great time for me. Um, This summer, I got a lot of things I want to do and I got a lot of things that I want to get accomplished on the channel and a lot of, you know, people I want to bring on. It's just been difficult figuring time out with, you know, the world's kind of opening up and uh you know getting more busy here and there and you know dedicating myself more to the gym and all those types of things so i'm trying to carve out some time a couple times a week to be able to get a podcast in because it's important and it's fun and it's a good way for me to release some of my thoughts on basically anything under the sun as you guys kind of know here at camcast i mean we do specialize and when i say we i mean me i do i talk about movies i talk about sports tv shows and whatever pop culture thing happens to be going on at that particular time you know with if it pertains to the astros or anything else that's going on um and you know so i got a lot of thoughts on a lot of different things but there is a lot that i want to talk about about baseball because baseball has been amazing this season okay and there is something about baseball and me like i love talking about baseball and so that's what this podcast is going to be about we're going to be doing a we're almost the all-star break i believe the all-star break is coming um I think it's this Saturday, this Sunday, or next week, whatever, is is the last week before we get to the All-Star Brooks. So I wanted to do an All-Star kind of you know, mid-season uh, breakdown of everything that I see that's going on in the league and kind of give my thoughts on it, and uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. i got a lot of good thoughts, and of course, we're going to get into some Angels talk because I'm an unabashed Angels fan. Um, even though we're 42 and 41, we have the most exciting player in baseball right now in Shohei Otani, and one of the new breakout stars in baseball, and Jared Walsh, who I've been talking about to my buddies for three or four years, and I knew he was going to be this good, but he was log jam because Albert Pools are stuck in front. Okay, we'll get into it in the pod, but uh, uh, yeah, let's go ahead. Let's let's just go ahead and get right into it. Um, if you want. Go ahead and, if you're listening on YouTube or watching on YouTube, go ahead and check out some of my other videos. I got a couple good videos. I got a good Shohei Otani video where I break down if Shohei Otani is the most amazing thing that we've seen since basically Babe Ruth and maybe even before that. Since the dawn of time, I got ranking videos. I have a Star Wars ranking. I got all kinds of stuff down there. So go ahead and take a gander on my channel and uh, let me know what you think. And, of course, make sure that you're liking and subscribing and sharing because that shit is important, y'all. We got to get those analytics figured out so we can get the, uh, the channel, the respect and the, the views and the mentions and all that shit that it's worth and that it deserves. Cause I mean, uh, I, I think it's, I think it's the content that we put on here is pretty good. And, um, you know, the response that I get from everybody is usually pretty positive. So I, I want to continue those good conversations moving forward, but you guys baseball season. Okay. We are, uh, most teams have played about 80, 82 ish games. So we're about halfway through the season right now. Right. It's 162 game season, 81 games being halfway, so we're almost there. So let's go ahead and take a look at the standings. I'm gonna look at my other monitor right here for a little bit, so that way it doesn't look, it doesn't look like I'm looking, you know, not at the camera. I gotta, I can't remember all the numbers. I can remember most of them, but so in the, in the American League, we have Boston Red Sox uh, top the AL East, and we have Tampa Bay Rays second, and uh, Toronto Blue Jays third. Those are the three teams that are basically competing for the AL East. Uh, the Yankees are just a dumpster fire. They have so much talent. No pitching, or all this Chapman somehow made the All-Star team, and he's complete ass this season. Uh, you got the Orioles. No one knew. Everyone knew they were gonna be bad, so no one's really surprised there. AL Central. Everyone expected the Chicago White Sox to be good, even though they have an 84-year-old manager, and Tony La Russa, who's completely out of touch with the modern game. Um, they have a great young shortstop in Tim Anderson. Jose Abreu has been a pro, and they have an amazing pitching staff with Carlos Rodon and Lance Lynn, and you know a collection of uh, Lucas Giolito and. Collection of all these young arms, and then all of a sudden, Lance Lynn, who only throws four-seam fastballs, throwing at about like 98, 99 miles per hour, and getting everyone out. Um, the fact that he's kind of revitalized his career is really amazing. And Chicago is a—they will definitely win the Central. So I won't even mention any of their teams in the AL Central. Um, then we go to the AL West. Houston is in first place, which, if you know. If you know the podcast, you know I can't stand the Houston Astros. They're cheaters. I think Carlos Correa and Alex Bregman and Jose Altuve are horrible individuals. Justin Verlander sucks. I just hate everything Houston. I hate the Rockets. I just, the Astros irk me. And they are killing it this year. They have 50 more RBIs than any other other team in Major League Baseball. There was a video that I saw or a, a tweet that I saw about three weeks ago. Someone is suggesting that the Astros are actually still cheating. So I don't know if there's any validity to that. But, I mean, in the back of my mind, I always want to believe that the Astros are cheating in some way. Um, Oakland, they're uh, second in the AL West. They're always good in the regular season. They're never uh, a threat to win at all. They're just not. They're not built for the postseason. They're built for money ball, And even though Billy Bean's not there, a lot of the shades of him are still present. Um, the only thing the Oakland A's have to worry about is moving out of Oakland, which I think they're going to do because even when you know full capacity of stadiums came back in California, Oakland still only had four thousand people showing up to their games. That's just that's horrible for a team that's consistently good in the regular season year in and year out. They just can't get any fans over there. It's it's honestly wild. Then you have the the Mariners who are third, and then the Angels are fourth. The Angels are somehow above 500, even though we have arguably we're we're a top we're a bottom 5 in pitching. I just look at the stats. We're a bottom 5 in pitching, but we're a top 5 in batting. Like we're fourth in average, we're like, you know, third in home runs, we're third in doubles, like we're uh fourth in slugging percentage. We're one of the best hitting teams in baseball. We just can't pitch. We have so many issues pitching-wise and it's it's tough. It it really it's it's really frustrating, but I'll get into that more in Angels talk, okay? So uh, I'm not going to talk about the Rangers. So National League Mets, they're in first place. We kind of expect them to be. They have Degrom, they have Lindor, they have you know uh, uh, who's who's the, the 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 first baseman, the young guy. Can't think of his name right now. Pete Alonso, that's his name. I did think of it. You're welcome. Um, they have them, and then you have uh, the Braves, who are only you know three and a half back. But I'm guessing the Braves will wind up taking it. They just have a better team, um, even though the Mets have a better. Uh, rotation, you know, with Strowman and if Cindergard ever decides to come back and all that stuff. But the NL Central is a, in my opinion, it's going to be a two-horse race. Right now, the Brewers are in first place with their great pitching. Um, I don't even think Yelich has even played this season. And then Cincinnati's in second because their offense is just astounding. You know, they have two outfielder, uh, they have two All-Stars who are in the outfield this year, in Jesse Winker and Nick Castellanos. Castellanos has been a stud for a couple of years, but now he's finally getting the notoriety because he's not in Detroit anymore. Because everything that goes to Detroit just dies. Sorry, Tommy. I feel like I shout out Tommy almost every single podcast. Everything that kind of pertains to things that he likes. Sorry, Tommy. And then you have the the mess that is the NL West. Okay. They have the two worst teams in that division. The two worst teams in that division are the two worst teams in baseball. Statistically. In the Colorado Rockies and the Arizona Diamondbacks. The Diamondbacks have twenty three wins. They are twenty three and sixty-three. That is just God, that's bad. That is just oof. I don't even know who's on that team besides Cole Calhoun. That's the only guy I could think, and maybe I think Eduardo Escobar is the other guy. Um, but then you have the Dodgers are in first, Giants are second, San Diego Padres are third. And those are really, in my opinion, your three best teams in the National League. Um, the Dodgers have been, all of a sudden, they're on a nine-game win streak after they no-hit the Cubs, or they were no-hit by the Cubs, I guess. Um, this, the, the Giants, it's just the same positional players they've had year in and year out, Obviously, with the addition of Mike Isstremsky a couple seasons ago when he came up from their minors, and then they still have Brandon Belt, they still have you know Brandon Crawford, they still have Buster Posey. It's the same collection of guys, and they brought in a couple of pitchers and Kevin Gausman and uh, God, what's the other guy's name? I can't think. But th- those two are, if if it weren't for Jacob Degrom, either one of those guys would be leading you know contender for NL Cy Young. But because Degrom exists and he's amazing, they're not going to get it. And then the Padres, who everyone thought you know, was going to be the, the new up-and-coming team. And they kind of own the Dodgers, which I think is funny. Um, but they have Fernando Tatis. Um, it is hard not to be a fan of Fernando Tatis. That guy is just, he does some things on the baseball field that are just phenomenal. He has so much swagger. He, you know, just looks like he's having a blast. The one thing about him is that dude can't field. I think he has like over almost 20 errors on the season already, which is just incredible. And if he was anybody else, they would be getting all types of flack for it. But because he's Fernando Tatis, no one really talks about it. Um, but no, those are the standings so far. It's kind of not super far-fetched from where you think it might be. Um, I'll give you my prediction at the end of the season. I think Boston's going to hang on to the uh, the AL East. I think Toronto's going to overtake the Rays. I don't think the Rays can keep this for that long. They have no one. Eventually, that's going to fall. Um, I think the White Sox had the, uh, the AL Central. I'm going to leave the Houston Astros as the uh, AL West champion. They're just too far ahead. No one's going to be able to catch them. Believe it or not, I have – it's not not even believe it or not. This is just what it is because I'm a homer. I think the Angels are going to take the wild card in the American League, even though they're like six or seven games back. Mike Trout comes back in the middle of July, and then we'll have just one of the most amazing offenses that we've ever seen in baseball ever with Trout, Walsh, Otani. And then if Rendon could ever fucking pick up his bat and decide to hit a goddamn ball, we would be okay. Um, so I have them winning the uh, getting there in the AL Wild card, which is no surprise. Um, and at least I have the Braves winning it. Uh, NL Central, I have the Reds winning it. Reds offense is just too nasty. I think the Milwaukee Brewers pitchers are pitching a little too good, like Woodruff and uh, Corbin, whatever that guy's name is. Not Corbin Blue, that's a high school musical reference. Ooh, that's tough. That's tough. Um, and the NL West, I got uh, believe it or not, I got the Dodgers because you know once everyone gets into form, they'll be fine. Uh, but I don't have the Dodgers winning the World Series. Uh, I actually don't know who's gonna win it as of now. I can't decide. If I had to put my money on it right now, I would say, I would say, honestly, I'd probably say the uh, the Mets. I think the Mets would take it. I don't know what it is about them. They just they're they're a pretty solid team. I think they're due, and I think it's you know one of those things where Jacob Jacob Degrom he's been the best you know pitcher for a while, and it's that Kershaw thing where you your legacy doesn't mean much in the regular season unless you're able to win it in the in the world series so i think he has to get there and he has to play play well he has to perform he has to win it so that's that's what i think on that so those are the standings so the cool thing about this season is there has been a lot of like this has been the season of change in major league baseball where you're seeing a ton of these young guys kind of come up and just own major league baseball like it really has been phenomenal what we've been seeing from a lot of this crop of young players like you know right now Here's here's a I'm gonna I'm going to the, my stats right here, the home run leaders in baseball are Shohei Ohtani, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and Fernando Tatis Jr. They're like 27, which is it's Shohei Ohtani's birthday today, so it's hip hip, Shohei, it's Shohei Ohtani's birthday. Got to give a big shout out to my man Shohei. Uh, but no, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. has 27 home runs. Shohei has 31. Fernando Tatis has 26. Ronald Acuna has 23. Uh, you know, all Rafael Devers has 20. You know, Jared Walsh has 20. Like. The, the young guys are here. Like, all this talent, you know, Juan Soto's not doing a ton this year, but he's still really, like, the young talent in baseball is here, and they are super skilled. They hit bombs. They play the game the right way. They play the game fun. They make the game look fun. And a lot of these guys don't know what to do with all these players. Like, like we all know that Fernando Tatis Jr. has a ton of swag. Every time he hits the ball, he does that little stutter step around third base when he hits a home run. And he's just a lot of fun to watch. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Okay, for those of you that don't know, Vladimir Guerrero is possibly my all-time favorite player. If you played on the Instagram uh, uh, polls, you... <laughs> Pause. If <laughs> you played on the Instagram polls, you realize that that was one of my questions was, who's my all-time favorite angel? And I put Vladimir Guerrero. At that moment, I think it is Vladimir Guerrero, but it always it's rotating between Vladimir Guerrero, Guerrero Shohei Otani, and Mike Trout. Um, those three guys are just. Even though it's Shohei's only for you know, one year he's been this amazing. I've been on the Shohei train since he came over to the Angels. Um, it's just been a wild ride for for Angels. Anyways, I'm getting. I always get off track. This is this camcast? What else do you expect? Um, but people aren't necessarily. This is me being a homer, but I'm 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 a big fan. People aren't necessarily talking about how much swag Jared Walsh has, the first baseman for the Angels. Okay. He's had like three or four walk-off hits already this year. He had one the other night when Shohei stole second and then went from second to home on a very shallow ball hit to right field. And and also, Jared Walsh had that grand slam in the ninth inning against the Yankees last week, which tied it in the top of the ninth with two outs. And he just, he swings and he just tosses his bat. Just the amount of just swag that that guy has is absolutely unbelievable. For a 37th round pick, or 39th, he was, you know, a three or four year starter in college. He came up with the Angels at the age of twenty-three is when he was drafted, and he's been down there for about four years. Okay. Let me go ahead and pull that up actually. He's been down there for a long ass time. And it is actually really frustrating that he's been down there for this long. Here, hold on let me, let me back up a little bit. Yeah, he's he he was producing numbers the entire time he was down there, and I knew that he had that type of skill. I've seen, I was watching the stats. I was stat-casting the entire time, and I knew that it was there. Yeah, so pulling up the stats, Jared Walsh was drafted by the Angels in the 39th round of the 2015 MLB draft out of Georgia. He played at the University of Georgia, okay? In his rookie season, which is like, you know, rookie ball, or it's barely any games. It's like basically right after you get drafted, you're playing in the fall leagues, I believe. He hit three twenty-five with two home runs. His next year, 2016, in, in single A, he hit 290 with 7 home runs. His next season, which which by the way was only 111 games. His next season was 90 games. He hit 11 home runs, had 61 RBI and was batting 3.11. And that's the age of 20 at the age of 23. Sorry, I'm getting excited. At the age of 24, okay, he bat in 130 games, he had 29 home runs, 99 RBIs and hit 277. Okay. And by this time he was on my radar cuz that was when Pujols started to diminish fully. And I was like, hey, we should be bringing this guy up. Um, he's a first baseman that has some pop. He's young. We need to incorporate more of this young talent onto this roster while Mike Trout is still young so we can go ahead and make a run at something. Then in, in his age 25 season in 2019, in AAA, fully AAA, he batted 325, had 36 home runs, 86 RBIs, in 98 games. Those are absurd numbers. And then he played a little bit in the pros in 2019, He had one home run. And then last year, in 2020, he played half the season of that 60-game season. He played 32 of those games. And he basically became a staple. He was voted number seven in Rookie of the Year. He had nine home runs. He bat 293 and had 26 RBIs. And at that point, I was like, okay, I think I know what we have here. Like, I knew that he was good this entire time, but... move this out a little bit. But, you know, we're going to see if he can maintain it for an entire season. So we went into this season and... We were, you know, I was like, "Hey, well, I, I hope that Pools doesn't start. I need Jared Walsh to start every single day because Jared Walsh has the potential to be a much better player for us right now. Yeah, Pools is, is here, but he's in the past. He hasn't been anything for about four or five seasons. So, Pujols started the season, and then Walsh and him started, you know, divvying time up, but Walsh was outperforming him. So, that's when they were like, hey, Pujols, you're going to have to take a, a back seat. Walsh is playing too good. So, it didn't work out. Pujols, basically, we dropped him. Then Walsh has been playing ever since. And Walsh this season has 20 home runs, 22 doubles, 61 RBIs, 283 average, and is an all-star. Unbelievable, right, that this 39th-round draft pick is an all-star and just playing at an unbelievable record. He's one, of, uh, he's one of the clutchest players I think the Angels have ever had, and he just swings so free. Like, there's no moment that seems too big for him. He seems like he's enjoying every single moment that he's in. And it's been a joy watching him play. And it's been a joy knowing that I was right. Like, I've been talking to my friends about this guy since about 2018 when he first started coming up. This is about, what, four seasons ago, something like that. But I knew that he was there. And he was only 23 years old at that time. Now he's 27. So we have, I think he has a few more years under contract. But he's been killing it for us. I mean, that's the whole, him and Shohei are the only reason we've been anything this season is because those two guys have just been unbelievable. We've had a lot of, you know, underperformers. Um, we've had a couple people that have played well that I didn't expect. Like, as soon as Justin Upton moved to the leadoff role, he started playing a lot better, and that was a blast to watch. And then he got hurt because he always gets hurt. But he had 14 home runs, 32 RBIs, and then two. I think it was a three- or four-week span. He was batting like 300 at the leadoff spot, which was great because it was something that we really needed because our leadoff hitter, David Fletcher, hadn't been playing good until that point, but now David Fletcher has an 18-game hitting streak as of right now which is the longest in the American League this season. And Fletcher is an amazing hitter. He's not a good power hitter. He's there to play amazing defense, and he's there to be one of the top hitters in the league in terms of getting on base, getting base hits. That's what he's good at. That's what he's been good at the last two or three seasons, and I'm glad that he's able to do that again. Um, the one question mark that I have as an Angels fan is, and I think a lot of Angels fans echo this sentiment, is what is going on with Anthony Rendon? Okay, okay. Rendon is hitting 240. He has six home runs, only 13 doubles for Tony Two-Bags, and he has 34 RBIs. Okay. Um, as an Angels fan, I'm just really nervous that we're getting Albert Pujols 2.0. This is very much in the guise of what happens to the Angels. We sign these guys that are in their you know late 20s, early 30s, Rendon being 31, so we signed him when he was 30, and they just don't perform for us. It's guys like Albert Pujols. Josh Hamilton, C.J. Wilson, Vernon Wells, Bobby Abreu, Hideki Matsui. Um, The list goes on and on and on, and I'm afraid that this is going to be one of those things too. But he's starting to get a little bit more into form. Taylor Ward's been really good for us. He's been kind of platooning in left and right field, um, played catcher a little bit. Uh, I think the one interesting about this season so far is that Joe Adele hasn't come up at all from AAA. Um, I've been monitoring his stats and basically, he has about 220 at-bats, and he struck out in about 75 of them. So he's striking out in about a third of his at-bats, which is still a problem for him. He's batting around 260, but he has, I think, 17 home runs. So the power is there, and I just don't think the consistency of the bat is there. Um, we're kind of at a crossroads with him. He is, I think, 22, 23 years old now, and we we probably had more value for him if we would have traded for him uh, traded him before he played last season, but he showed himself to be a, a below-average defender. Let's just call it what it is. He had two very gimme outfield balls pop into his glove, pop out, and become home runs. That happened twice to him in one season. You never see that happen to one person once, let alone twice, and let alone in the same season. Um, I'm very iffy on Joe Adele. I don't know what that is, but we also have Brandon Marsh that's in A, and he's supposed to be an all-around athlete, but the thing about him is he's always hurt, which is definitely you know a bad thing. And then we have Jordan Adams, who's another one of our outfielding prospects who has a lot of poise. He's really quick. He'll never hit for power, but he was a three-sport athlete. He was supposed to be a wide receiver at the University of North Carolina, and he had that viral dunking video like five, four or five years ago where he dunked over somebody. So his kid's got a lot of athleticism. I just don't know if it's going to translate into being a, a consistent major league ball player. So the one thing that I, I talked about earlier, but obviously our hitting is not the problem. I can, you know... Talk about our hitting until I'm blue in the face, but we're a top five hitting team. There are teams in baseball that hit way worse than we do, and I'm, I understand that. And not everybody has a Shohei Otani because, okay, let's, let me just gaga over uh, Shohei Otani's numbers right quick because I have to. He's an all-star, first player in Major League Baseball history to be a all-star both as a hitter and a pitcher. It's never happened. This is the first time. And I think that needs to be mentioned because I had that video earlier in in May, first week of May. We're seeing something special you guys. This is something that hasn't been done. He is the Angels' best hitter and the Angels' best pitcher at the same time right now. If we don't have this guy, we're probably 10 or 11 games below 500. He is absolutely phenomenal. I'm curious what his WAR is actually. So, Shohei's numbers, he has 31 home runs. He has 67 RBIs. He's hitting 278, his OPS is uh, is 1.07, which is just ridiculous. Okay, that's like absurd. He has 12 stolen bases, too. In an era where you don't steal bases, he has 12. Oh, and he leaves the league in triples also at four. He has 17 doubles and 31 home runs, which leads the the entire league by four home runs. Second place is Vladimir Guerrero Jr. And my guy also pitches. He has a 3-1 record and 12 starts to 3.6 ERA and 83 strikeouts, which is second on the team to Andrew Heaney, who has two more starts than he does and 11 more innings pitched than he does. This guy's phenomenal. What's his what's his whip? What's his whip? His whip is one point two six, which is not bad, but it's the best on the team in terms of starters. He's just doing things that are absurd. And if it wasn't for his outing against the Yankees where he gave up seven runs in the first inning, which by the way wasn't completely his fault, we have Kurt Suzuki who can't frame a pitch to save his life. Um, He probably he would have a much better ERA because he was you know two point eight two point nine three for basically all of the season until that first inning where he kind of the wheels came off and he couldn't get it out. But besides that, um, the rest of our pitching has just been atrocious. Andrew Heaney, 4-6, and 5.4 ERA. Dylan Bundy, 1-7, and 6.5. He's been demoted to the bullpen. Griffin Canning was demoted to AAA because he keeps throwing home runs. He had a 5.6 ERA. Alex Cobb's actually been pretty solid the last couple of weeks. He has a 4.6 ERA, 6-3. and 3. He's probably the ace of the staff if it's not Shohei Otani. Um, Raziel Iglesias, our closer, has been really solid for us. We have Patrick Sandoval, who is a 3.86 ERA, and he started eight games. Um, he's been pretty good. We're starting Jose Suarez tonight, who's only 23 years old, and he has a you know buck 98 ERA heading into this Boston Red Sox game. So that could be something. We'll monitor that. But it's the same song and dance for the Angels. It always is. We need pitching. Okay, We have some players on this roster that we can actually afford to trade. We can trade Joe Adele. We're fine. Any first base prospect that we have, we can trade him. Okay. We have Matt Theist down there. He's playing catcher now. He actually might come up for catcher at the second half of the season because he was drafted as a first baseman. There was a log game at first base because of Pujols. They moved him to third base along with Taylor Ward. And now they're both making them play other positions because those Jared Walsh is first base now. That's just, it's his position. No one's going to take it. So we need Matt Theist to play his original position again, which is catcher. And that's what he's doing in AAA. And he's still hitting 290 and has about 11 home runs, I think, which is solid. So I expect him to be up soon, especially because Kurt Suzuki's ass and um, Max Stasi seems to get hurt pretty frequently, even though he's been really solid for us too. But it's the same thing over and over and over again as an Angels fan. When will we be smart and decide to get some pitching? Like, when will already wake up and decide that, hey, I, I want to get some pitching? So if you haven't heard, there is some Angels drama that's gone on. The family of Tyler Skaggs has decided to try and sue the Angels organization and two uh, unnamed, you know, basically Angels attendants that might have had something to do with Tyler Skaggs' death. I, this is really bad, but, you know, obviously I feel really bad for the Skaggs family and my condolences to them. I really hope that the Angels were at fault for all of this. That's real, that's a that's a tough take, but Artie Moreno is a horrible owner, and I want him to pay the price. I If he is guilty of it, and you know, the Angels did try to hide it, I hope it comes out. Because I feel like, you know if they were giving Tyler Skaggs a bunch of drugs and yeah, it's, 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 you know, it's it's slippery slope. He took them on his own, but he was given them by somebody. If he was given them by somebody in the angels organization, that guy had to have huge repercussions for the Angels or angels organization as a whole. And it could really lead up all the way to the top. Like there's no way certain people didn't know. They didn't tell, you know, the owner, the owner has to have his hands in everything. Okay. That's just how it is. Um, I'm curious what's going to happen with that. Obviously, my you know my condolences to the Skaggs family. Um, we were actually at the game that they their first game their first home game after they came back uh, when Tyler Skaggs had died, and you know it was me and a bunch of my friends, and we were actually at that game when they threw a combined no hitter, and Mike Trout hit that home run in the first inning, which is 454 feet all kinds of crazy numbers in that game. And it was one of the coolest experience I've ever seen. One of the set. Sa- I don't think I've cried more at a baseball game. Okay. That was, that was just a, that was a tough game. Also you know, on a happier note, I was at, me and all my friends were at the Shohei Otani's first home run game too in 2018 or whatever it was. So there's the good and there's the bad, but both moments were moments that I was glad that I was able to get down to the Tato stadium and watch those things. Um, that kind of got dark real quick, huh? I didn't mean to get so serious on the camcast, but nah, it's, uh, you know, baseball season's almost halfway done, and, uh, you know, baseball's just a really fun sport to talk about, and I want to know your thoughts. Who do you think is going to take the World Series? Who do you think is going to take each division? Who's your MVP so far? Oh, my MVPs are pretty easy this year. MVP for the American League is Shohei Otani. Uh, it's not even close, and uh, it's just it is what it is. And then honestly, my my National League MVP is probably Degrom. Degrom's just doing some crazy things. I don't really know if anyone else is standing out in the in the National League stat wise. Um, let me look real quick. Uh, maybe Tatis if he can get his thing his, his his fielding together, he has a a pretty strong case for uh, for MVP. He's hitting 303, 18 stolen bases, 26 home runs. Those are so pretty solid numbers, you know. I'm not gonna those. I'm not gonna dock those at all. Those are actually pretty amazing numbers. So he could potentially be the MVP if the Padres win the division. Um, but yeah, guys, I'm looking forward to the second half of the season, and I want to thank all of you guys for listening, all of you for keying in, tuning in, you know, clicking, liking, sharing, subscribing. Make sure you're doing those things, okay? Um, I really need the uh, the support on this one. I can't do it all on my own. Um, got a lot of things coming this summer, and uh, looking forward to uh, more. More movie talks, more movie reviews. We have a, a, a Marvel movie coming out this week. There will be a Marvel review probably Thursday or Friday. Okay, I'm seeing it Thursday night at 8. Um, so I'll probably do a, a full-on review. Maybe as soon as I get home. It might be kind of late. But that will only be about a 5 to 10-minute video because I don't want to give any spoilers. But I want to get my initial thoughts up there as soon as I can. Because um, that's going to be fun. It's going to be the first time I can review a Marvel movie in the theaters. Since, you know, theaters open back up because of the pandemic. So I'm really looking forward to that. And obviously I haven't talked about the Loki series yet. Episode five is this Wednesday. Episode six is next Wednesday. So after episode six, I'm going to talk about the series as a whole. Okay. Basically I wanted to do that instead of how I did it with WandaVision because I did an episode for every episode of WandaVision. And by the end of it, I had all these theories that made me hate the show as a whole. So I got kind of annoying, but I have a lot of, a lot of stuff to go on this, uh, the rest of the summer, Um, I think the Eternals comes out later this summer. Shang-Chi comes out later this year. We're probably going to be getting a Spider-Man trailer drop sometime this summer. So I'll have all those things for you guys and more baseball talk, probably more basketball talk at some point, but I'm kind of tired of basketball. Like I've said a million times, Um, I give you an outlook on the Buccaneers pretty soon. All those things are happening, you guys. And as always, I I appreciate all the love support and the kind words that everyone's been giving me on the channel. Um, Look forward to talking about more things, bringing more people on, all my buddies, but Um, I'm going to stop talking and clamoring on because that's what I tend to do. Uh, but, uh, you know, thanks for listening to this episode, you know, talking about baseball and, uh, peace and love as always, you guys. Thanks.